And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. The Bible says, Acts chapter 8 verse 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hauling men and women committed, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 7 reads, For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with the palsies and that were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city isn't that a blessing great joy in that city because there was the manifestation of the power and presence of god that's what we need in these last days we need a manifestation a visible demonstration of the power of god glory be to jesus that's what we need it is we still serve the same God. Amen? Amen. Glory be to Jesus. And the Bible says that God is no respect of persons. Amen. Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says God is no respect of persons. If Philip, who was not even an apostle, Philip was hired, well not, that's the wrong word, <laughs> chosen <laughs> to work in the pantry. Amen. Chosen to serve. And the Bible says, here he is. Laying hands on the sick. And those who were paralyzed were healed. And demons left people. The power of God was manifested in the man's life. Glory be to Jesus. And I'm saying, brothers and sisters, we need that manifestation today. Mm, glory be to Jesus. The Bible says that creation is awaiting the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Creation awaiting for us to show up with the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory be to Jesus. How many of you would agree that people need help? Yeah, people need help in these last days. And, but we cannot help them without being connected with the source of power. Amen, which is the Holy Spirit. That is why this year, brothers and sisters, we have to make a conscious effort to stay connected to the power source. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Stay connected to the power source so the power can flow effortlessly. I said effortlessly because you are plugged in. We are plugged in. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us here now, at the end of chapter 7, you remembered Stephen was murdered. I'm using that word because that's what happened to him. Brothers and sisters, 
Christians have gone through a lot of difficulties just for being Christians. Mm -hmm. And it is because the devil is after the word. He's still after the word. He's after the word that's in you, that's in me. Trying to get us discouraged so we, so we, can, so we can recant. Mm -hmm. Throw in the towel and walk away from God. But I got news for the devil, he's a liar. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord, anybody can testify that the Lord is good? Yes. Glory be to Jesus. The Lord is good since we live on earth and this is a fallen world and things happened. We, things happen because we live in a fallen world. It's a world the Bible calls the, this world, the, this world has a God, a small g and that's the devil. Hmm? And so things are going to happen. People are going to open up their minds to him, unfortunately. And he's going to work through people. But I want you to know that the Bible says, we have overcome the world. Yeah. Even our faith in God. Yeah. So I want you to hang in there. We, see, we saw Stephen murdered. And the Bible tells us after he was murdered, Paul, right here in verse 8, consent, sorry, Saul at the time, sorry, Saul at the time consenting unto his death. Now before I get, go any further, let me share with you, chapter 8 marks a pivotal change in direction for the church. While the previous seven chapters have focused on the birth and expansion of the church based in Jerusalem, chapter 8 onwards marks the extension of the church beyond the city of Jerusalem. How many of you remember Jesus told the apostles and the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, you shall be witnesses unto me. Amen. Not only in Jerusalem. Uh, can you go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8? Let's see. You shall be witnesses unto me. Uh, yes, in Jerusalem, but also in all of Judea. Uh -huh, and in Samaria. And unto the uttermost parts of the world. Amen. We are witnesses unto God in Tallahassee, Leon County, Florida, and the uttermost parts of the world. I'm going to say, like I said before, this is a great time to evangelize. You want a pulpit? There is, it's out there. It's out there. God will open up a door. People are hungry. Why am I shouting? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the power of God. You hear me? People are hungry. Amen. They're looking for light in the midst of darkness, looking for hope. We have hope. We carry God. People are waiting just for you and my and me to open up our mouth and say, "Do you need prayer?" There is a way out. Oh, glory be to Jesus. We've got the answer. We have the answer since. We just have to be fully convinced of that. You see, like Abraham, we are not fully persuaded as should as yet. Oh, we are not fully. When you are fully persuaded, people will know. Because you won't be quiet. When you get fully persuaded, your heart goes out for people. Yeah. 
you will reach out and give of what you have. Peter, leaving the temple, after being fully persuaded, saw every day Peter kept going to the temple to pray. Going to the temple to pray. The lame man was at the city gate every day. Peter went into the temple. But one day, Peter got fully persuaded. And Peter went up and said, he said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I got some power. I got something you need. I'll change your situation. We have the same thing Peter has. We just need to be fully persuaded. Amen. Oh, glory be to Jesus. I can't wait for that day when we begin to invade the gates of hell. The church begin oh, on one accord when we, when we begin and not wait for people to come, but we go get them. We go get them. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And, and, and don't leave God out of it. God is the one who's going to give you favor with people. Touch people's heart. Mm-hmm. God is the one who's getting the increase. There are folks out there who've been watered. The seed has been planted. The seed has been watered. And they're just looking for you for the harvest. Oh, glory be to Jesus. That's all they're looking for. Somebody to show up and say, I am your answer. Oh, glory be to God. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to stay that way. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we see here, the Bible tells us that <laughs> Saul is consenting. Mm -hmm. Can you go back to verse 1, please? Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Consenting unto his death. The word his there is Stephen's death. The word consenting is a very important word here. I'm skipping some information. <laughs> uh, glory be to Jesus. Consenting means to approve. Mm -hmm. In the ESV, the English Standard Version, that first phrase reads, And Saul approves of his execution. Saul approves of Stephen's execution. He felt gratified at what happened. Hmm? Since let me share this with you. Saul of Tarsus was to the early church what Adolf Hitler was to the Jews who lived in Nazi Germany in the 1930s. You hear me? Just as Hitler was zealous to annihilate the Jew, the Jewish race, so too was Saul just as zealous to annihilate the church of Jesus Christ. Satan thought he found his man to do to the body of Christ what Hitler did to the Jews, but he was mistaken. He was mistaken. Since I'm not sure how familiar you are with the history of the Jews in Nazi Germany, but let me just tell you this. The concentration camps didn't happen overnight. History has it that the hostility towards the Jews took place little by little. And nobody did anything about it. I'm making a point here now. It began with simple criticism, verbal criticism. Nobody did anything about it. 
It moved to documented criticism in the papers. Nobody did anything about it. The hostility then grew violent with the Jews. Nobody did anything about it. And then it was too late. The devil came in. And this man moved in. And arrested these people. Murdered six million Jews. Why? Nobody did anything about it when it started little by little. That is why when Paul started, little by little, this is how it got started. They first persecuted the apostles. You remember, they arrested Peter. Mm, you remember that? Nobody said anything. They arrested Peter and John. Nobody did anything. Then they arrested all 12 apostles. Nobody said anything. And the devil is saying, oh my God, this is getting good. Then Stephen was murdered. Nobody was held accountable. Murdered just for being a Christian. And since I'm saying that because we have to be very careful. Persecution, if we are not careful, we'll mistake murder for persecution. And we Christians, we have to be very careful. Now notice what happened. When Peter, when, when Stephen died, when Stephen was murdered, the Bible said Stephen saw Jesus standing on the right hand side. Jesus stood up. You remember that? And Jesus said, this is it. I'm going to intervene. Because they are not doing to my people what Hitler did to the Jews. That's how the devil starts. And I want to bring that to your attention. Little by little. And you got to stop him. Little by little. And then it's ignored. And then he takes an inch. Then it's a foot. Then a yard. Then he's out for miles. <sighs> he has one. Mode of operation. John 10, 10. The thief comes but to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. You know, I was a little concerned when pastors were arrested when COVID began. You remember when COVID began? Pastors were arrested and, uh, because they kept having services. A wave of persecution was about to hit this nation. But I thank God for the churches and the pastors who stood up and the, attorney, the attorneys who came and fight against this overreach. Because if we had sat back and did nothing about it, the devil would have used this as an opportunity to shut every church down. That is why we have to stand up and fight. If history repeats itself, if we do nothing about it, and so the Bible says, let me continue. Some of you say, Pastor, just continue preaching. That's okay. <laughs> Notice what happened after Stephen, after Stephen got murdered. The Bible said in broad daylight, the man got stoned, murdered. Nobody did anything about it. Nobody was held accountable. And verse 8 says, when that happened and no one was held accountable, the Bible says at that time, a great persecution against the church arose. Because no one was held accountable. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 please. It's right here. I want you to see it. I'm getting to a point here. It says and Saul was consenting approving of Stephen's death. And at that time there was a great what? 
a great persecution people got together and said okay the devil rallied his forces and said okay we've got these Christians now we are going to shut down the church and scripture says that uh, 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 the against the church which was at Jerusalem at, at where at Jerusalem now this great persecution is detailed for us in verse 3 we'll get there but this was the first persecution of the church in general first time the entire church was persecuted Mm -hmm. I said first it began with Peter and John, then the 12 apostles, then Stephen, and now the entire church. And who was the major instigator used? Saul, who would later be the apostle Paul. One of you may say, Pastor, well, persecution comes with the territory. The Bible says in 1st, 2nd Timothy, chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's what the Bible says, right? I got a verse for you. Psalms 117, 118, verse 17 says, I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the works of the Lord. And I'm saying this because you have to be very careful. There's a difference between persecution, true persecution, and when the devil is using persecution to destroy people. Are you with me, saints? Amen. Amen. If there is nobody alive, who's going, to, who's going to preach the gospel? Who's going to witness the gospel? So don't you sit back and say, well, it's just persecution. No, you got to watch it. This is what the word persecution means. Persecution literally refers to, literally refers to a chase or pursuit and figuratively means to put to flight or to pursue with repeated acts of enmity. It doesn't have to do with death. Now you get what I'm saying, saints? It doesn't have to do with death. Now if you allow the devil, he will. Take us out if we allow him. Psalms 118 verse 7. I shall not die. But I shall live. To declare the work of the Lord. Amen. I shall live to declare the work of the Lord. Anybody agree with God? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Now notice what the Bible says. Can you go back to. Uh, thank you. Notice there is a phrase used in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. I want to bring to your attention. The Bible says they were all scattered abroad. They were all what? They ran. Now I want to spend some time with this phrase. Because this phrase has been used elsewhere in the scripture. Such as in Genesis chapter 11 verse 9. In Genesis chapter 11 verse 9. The Bible says that the Tower of Babel. I would Babel or Babel, whichever, amen? amen. Tomatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> potatoes, potatoes, praise the Lord. Babel, Babel. So at the Tower of Babel, it is said that because they disobeyed God, he confounded the language, amen? And from thence did hear the phrase come, the Lord scattered them abroad. The same, I'm, I'm, I'm about to make a point. The same phrase is used here in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. It's used in Genesis 11, 9. It's also used in Leviticus chapter 26 verse 33. Jesus in, in, Genesis, in Leviticus 26, 33, as part of the curse for breaking the law, verse 33 reads, God said, because if you do that, I will what? Scatter you 
He had a phrase come again. Now this is what the phrase means. It means now the Lord, <laughs> the Lord did tell, and I'm going to make a point because I said we got to be careful. We need to ensure we know the difference between real persecution and when the enemy is trying to kill us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to show you how God used that situation. Amen. Paul's, Saul's zealousness and allowing the devil to use him to propel the gospel. So what God did was used what Saul, the murder of Stephen. Mm -hmm, because God did tell them, you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all of Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the world. But the church was doing so well in Jerusalem. One on one on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 got saved. Another time, 5,000 got saved. And you know, sometimes when you're experiencing so much growth, nobody wants to leave. Amen. They got comfortable. Praise the Lord. And they say, well, it's, that's why it's happening in Jerusalem. Forget what God said. What about Judea? What? What Judea? What uttermost parts of the world? This is what's happening. <laughs> you know how it is sometimes, saints? We like growth. But God did give a command. He said, I need you to get out of Jerusalem. And nobody left. And so what God did, he used what happened to Stephen to scatter the church. And everybody left town. Except the apostles. Hmm? Except the apostles. What God did is that which the enemy meant for evil. God turned it around. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. And propelled the gospel throughout the entire world. God did the very same thing. He used Herod's greed to relocate Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem where it was prophesied Jesus would be born. Since God is a master. He knows how to make all things work together for good. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God will make it work together for your good. But you got to believe Psalms 27 verse 13. David said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Since you got to be, you got to stand and believe. I wish I could explain to you what I'm talking about. You, <laughs> glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. This is a time where our belief is under attack. Our belief in God. And don't you ever forget to put, you hear me since, I'm going to give you a little nugget that has helped me. Don't you ever forget to put, when you talk about belief, always is belief in God. When you talk about faith, it's always faith in God. It's not your faith or my faith or our belief and we're just getting our belief strong. No, no. No, it is strong. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's where your strength is. Where are we to be strong? In the Lord. So faith in God. Belief in God. Very important. It, keep you, it keeps you rooted and grounded. Knowing that you are depending on God. And God likes that because the Apostle Paul says when we are weak, that's when we are strong. 
The reason why many of us are not strong is because we are not weak. Depending on God. We forget God and just take charge. Well, it's me. No, no, no. Mm, when you're strong in God, you can charge hell with a toothpick and still win. Charge the gates of hell, bless God. Because I tell you, greater is he. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hey, bless God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. So David said, I had fainted. I would have, he said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Tell your neighbor, I'm still believing. Yeah, I'm still believing God. I'm, I'm still believing to see the goodness of the Lord. There is some goodness that's coming my way. And I'm still believing God to see the goodness. Hallelujah. Of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has not forgotten us. He has not forgotten you. If you're looking today. Know that God has not forgotten you. Amen. Your situation doesn't dictate. <laughs> who you are and what God has said about you no 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 this came to pass this too shall pass amen the challenges you are going through this too shall pass hallelujah glory be to God Means since we need to have confidence in God we need to have faith in God mm, glory be to Jesus we need to have what faith in God you think about that faith in God. Have you ever said and asked yourself, do I have faith in God? I'm not just talking about I got faith. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm faith in God. Because it, 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 uh, <laughs> 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 you, yes, you, you say faith in God. I know of God. Not about God. I know of God. David said in Psalms 20, he said, Psalms 20 verse 7, he said, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. That's what he, because he has faith in God. He knows he has resources in God. We need to know that sense. We need to be reminded of that. It is in God. Not you and me out there on our own. The Bible says in him we live. In him we move. Acts 17.28 In him we have our being. Oh God I give you praise. I mean these are the days where we need to anchor ourselves in God. Oh. oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to do that because it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Uh, there was a song that it says, My anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus. Be very sure. Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Be, you, be very sure. Turbulent times are coming. Be very sure. 
these uh, these these old saints they had some real real good songs with a lot of meaning substantive songs substantive songs amen you know these young folks nowadays anyhow let me move on <laughs> just pray for them amen <laughs> praise the lord <laughs> glory be to jesus we just have to pray for them amen we have to pray for them because we are passing on the baton to them amen we have to pass on the baton to them and we have to pass on pass on something substantive glory be to jesus hallelujah amen thank god for them anyhow <laughs> let me move on hallelujah anybody enjoying the lord amen. hallelujah amen and so the bible tells us verse 2 the bible tells us in verse 2 and devout men carried stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him his life just taken just like that he had a mother and a father you think about it sometimes we read the bible and we let these stories stay on the pages of the bible no you got to bring yourself in it think about it if you had a, a son up and coming powerful stephen laid hands and you you the, the the pride that goes out of your heart to see your son is doing so well and then his life was just snuffed out And no one was held accountable. <laughs> uh, the Bible says devout men, religious, pious, reverent men. Mm -hmm, made great lamentation. Uh, great here means mega, it means loud. They were crying out loud. They mourned very deeply for him. Inconsolable cry. These men, they, they grieved in defiance of what had happened. They grieved in reference to the fact that what happened was not officially sanctioned. It was broad daylight murder. And these men were crying. They didn't care. They were crying. The word lamentation, very interesting word. It means to whip and beat the head and the chest continually. They were calling the head and crying. And then beating the chest and crying. Their friend, their brother. Was taken out. That is why I said. We have to discern between true persecution. And when the devil is trying to take us out. And stand your ground. Amen. <laughs> stand your ground. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's do verse 3. And then we'll, and then we'll bring it home. Okay man. Praise, let's do it verse 3. I know sometimes we haven't got a lot of time. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hauling men and women, committed them to prison. The English Standard Version reads this way. It says, but Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. <laughs> the Bible says he made havoc of the church. We said havoc here means it means to ravage. And ravage, the Greek word ravage speaks of a wild animal tearing its prey apart. 
That's what Paul was doing. He came in like a lion and was just tearing the Christians apart. It depicts merciless slaughter. He was vicious towards Christians. He hated them with passion. But he believed, since I got to say that, he believed that he was actually serving God. He believed he was actually serving God. The Bible said he entered into houses, one house at one house at a time. And he dragged these men and dragged these women in front of their children. Can you imagine your house? Your door got broken down. And somebody just took you in front of your kids. You're about to have dinner on the table. And a man just dragged you from your house just because you're Christian. You haven't done anything just because you're Christian. I'm saying this so you can understand what's, what Christians went through for what we have. Since we should be committed to God. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> this is Voltaire. The Bible has outlasted numerous critics. There was a French philosopher called Voltaire. You, you have heard of Voltaire. Voltaire was one of the Bible's greatest critics. And Voltaire said, a hundred years after I'm dead and gone, Christianity will end. A hundred years after Voltaire died, his house was renovated and became a Bible printing press. Guess who's the joke on? And I'm saying that this Bible has outlasted many people, many critics. We have gold here, brothers and sisters. Let me make this point before I bring it, bring it to a close. Paul, Saul was very zealous. Very zealous. And I found out, not because somebody is very zealous and passionate about a particular endeavor, it means that they are correct. You can be sincere, but be sincerely wrong. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> the Bible says there is a way. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof is death. And Paul thought the way he was going was the right way. But it only led to, it only led to what? Death. And so don't mistake passion and zeal for doing the right thing. The Bible says only God's word is right. Amen. Whatever you, you, you always take whatever you're going through and compare it to scripture. Amen. Amen. This is the final court of arbitration. Amen. Final authority. Amen. House to house, all in men and women committed them to prison. Because they thought he was doing the right thing. I will say this though, Paul was very remorseful of what he did. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, let me, let's look at what he said. Can you turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 13? 
he said, he was writing to Timothy, he said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Verse 13, who was, he said, before I was a what? He called himself a blasphemer. He called himself a what? And he called himself what? Yeah, he said I was injurious. He said, but I obtained what? Mercy. He was doing it in ignorance. But people lost their lives. <sighs> My appeal to us today is that God forbid those days return. God forbid those days return. But we know from the look of what's happening now in society, it's getting from bad to worst. And brothers and sisters, my hope for us is that we find ourselves rooted and grounded in God's word. There's never been a time like they've ever been for us to find ourselves rooted like a tree and grounded like a building in the love of God. And, and, and let me say this right here and I'm going to bring it to an end. When I say love of God, I'm talking about the love of God for you. Not your love for God. No, no, there's a big difference when you get, when you have knowledge of how much God loves you. That's different from how much you love God. Very, very, very important. Find ourselves rooted. I think, I think Paul prayed that prayer. Somewhere in Ephesians chapter 3. He said, I pray that. Ephesians chapter 3, 15, 16, 17. Can you get that verse for me quickly? I think he prayed that prayer. Ephesians chapter, is it Ephesians chapter 4? 3 or 4? 3. I pray that, that, I pray that, uh, that he may strengthen you with might us in the inner man by us and that you'll be rooted and grown. I think he prayed that prayer. Yeah, Ephesians 3 or 4, praise the Lord, is coming up somewhere. Ephesians 3, 17, yes. Let's look at the important prayer, very important prayer to pray in these last days. And we'll take and, and and that's my third time talking about closing, but <laughs> and, but I promise this is it. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, can you go to verse eighteen? May be able to comprehend with all sense what is the breadth and length and depth and height, uh huh, and to know the love of Christ. The love of Christ for you. Mm -hmm. Now is the time for us to know that. How much God loves us. Very, very important. Important prayer. Amen. Can you put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Father. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season, 
and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.